0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. I hope all you beings out there are doing wonderful on this fine day. So today's episode, as you might be able to tell from the title, we're going to do an episode on who created God, and I plan to come to be another one of those episodes where it's a solo episode where I kind of get more free flowing. So you know, bear with me. Feel free to provide me feedback understand that I'm not, you know, trying to dogmatically follow these views. It's just stuff I'm contemplating now and hopefully it's helping you contemplate stuff and then you can kind of give me feedback and let me know what you think of that. So, let's get into the right into the show today and also of course, I guess I will stop quick. So check out the Patreon for the bonus episode feed if you like what you've been hearing on this show, you can get more of that on the bonus episode feed. Get all those extra bonus episodes. And then also, please check out the Discord. You can join the chat there. And of course, leave a review on iTunes or leave a review and share with your friends all that good stuff. So let's do it. So who created God? So this question has brought me, I would say, kind of some recent revelations. Uh, I'm still fascinated by the question itself, but I found that the discussion around this question misses many interesting perspectives. When when the question of who created God comes up, whether it's in the media from social media and popular accounts and say like a Christian apologetics and atheists you, and, and YouTubers, all the, those popular channels, I guess you could say, as well as various kind of debate channels on YouTube and Twitch. So the discussion becomes a... Clash between atheists and Christians, or or believers in general. Now, now for those that don't stay up to, with this kind of social media surface level philosophy stuff, I, I get you. I do a terrible job of keeping up with that stuff now, uh, but I promise this episode will still be beneficial because I'm going to try to bring the conversation to what those conversations miss. So I kind of use that as a jumping board, as a motivator to kind of introduce this discussion. So and those conversations off also often cover. You know, when they stop yelling at each other, at least they they often you know bring up some very Western philosophical perspectives. The typical arguments of you know stuff from Aquinas, the cosmological argument, the cosmological argument that basically said everything that begins to exist needs a cause, so the universe needs a cause, and then you have the ontological argument. So I'm sure you've you've either heard those terms or heard those arguments but those arguments are not important for today at least you know maybe we'll cover something like those in other future episodes but today we're going to kind of switch the gears of the discussion around god so currently i'm trying to get you into my kind of line of reasoning for thinking the discussion around the qu- this question in popular media focused philosophy discussions at least is lacking and for those that don't follow the social media philosophy, like I said, maybe that's the best way to say it: the social media philosophy in quotations. So then you have probably had or heard, you know, similar philosophical discussions in philosophy classes. So you're not going to be blind to what I'm talking about and when I when I say what the common discussion around this issue is. So for everyone else, it you know it means you are new to the discussion or around this conversation. Then good. So I'm glad, glad you're here. I'm going to, you know, give you my thoughts around this conversation and hopefully provide some insights and perspectives and, and we'll see And no promises, of course. But basically, I'm someone that has heard the argument over and over again from both sides. It's kind of just boring me out. Now, I haven't heard them or said them at the number of times, say like a philosophy professor, but enough for me to get to that board stage or, or have that desire to seek something out which might not actually be saying much but I started thinking about this seeking out some non-philosophy perspective, some science, some spirituality and maybe combining all this stuff into a nice kind of philosophical stew will make for a different discussion and something to contemplate on this fine day. So I'll do my best here and let's get into it and enter the labyrinth. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should get this out of the way. One of my many problems around the discussion of who created God, you know, Christian apologists who enjoy dabbling in philosophy also argue for the existence of god but then have the religion as this kind of sort of given if they just prove if they just prove god's existence and then and then my religion will become true and i'll i'll be fulfilled and i'll prove all of you all of you people wrong that that type of thing i don't know if they actually you know they don't externally say that but sometimes when i hear them say their arguments that's why i feel like they're internally feeling like i just need to prove this to everyone right and that's just it though you know Many atheists I've encountered, they have less of a problem with your belief in God and way more of a problem with various practices within your religion, and and or sorry, not you necessarily, but of people of faith, their religion, and what their doctrines say, and what it says about people, and how to treat people, and that type of stuff, and the consequences of those various beliefs. So I'm not saying oh, who created God? Who cares? Right. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. I think the question is still important. I'm not saying that because I do care. But for those who are having that discussion, such as between atheists and people of religious faith or and whatever, I think you're both having the wrong conversation to some extent. That conversation is important, but I'd rather conversation be focused on pointing out flaws, contradictions, and issues with a particular religion because in my experience at least and which is maybe will prove me wrong here by just saying it's from my experience if you don't touch the God issue they become way more open to the perspectives you hold I just want people of a religion and even atheists to come to terms with the fact we don't fucking know we have good ideas good possibilities and once you realize that maybe you maybe once you realize that we don't fucking know All there is to know, right? Maybe, you know, you won't try to force your religion or religion's morality, especially religion's morality, because that's kind of the one landscape they still think they have to fight for. That's a discussion for another day, and I'll cover this in other episodes, but quick summary for those that haven't heard. It's basically this idea that religion no longer... Religion used to be where all the answers... You'd go to for all the answers in the world. Science hasn't wasn't as dominant as the world as it is now. But now people don't go like when they want to try to understand something in the physical world, like maybe something in space or the medical field or, you know, you need the cure and the ailment, whatever whatever it is. You don't go to the Bible and say, well, how do I do this? No, you go to see what science has, the hypothesis that I've been tested and the theories that we have or the medications that have been proven. You go there. But what religion still thinks it holds a stake in is this discussion around morality. So, and, and that's why I wanted to get to the point of us just admitting we don't know about God necessarily. So then maybe it'll open us up to various discussions around morality and what is your morality forcing you to accept. But like I said, I covered that in other episodes and I don't want to get too into that. So get back into this episode. So, because in reality, depending on your definition of God, we don't know if they do or do not exist, right? We we understand very little about the universe. I guess I could define God, you could say. I, I I'll say I don't use God as this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good concept, that type of God. That's a very, to me, that's a very mythical concept of God. Plus, that concept is full of contradictions and is honestly incoherent as can God create a stone that he cannot move? Ask yourself that question, and all of a sudden uh, the whole like little three trifecta of God that we often talk about comes crumbling down. But that type of stuff that, that we are not going to dive into today, because <laughs> for the sake of time, I want to keep this episode at least fairly short. But my point is bringing that up is, if our current definition of God is incoherent and contradictory, I'm going to assume that right now, what I just said, as hopefully you believe in that question, opens some doors for you, but maybe we should put forward a new concept of God, one that isn't just full of contradictions and at least partially fits with our understanding of the universe. So for me, it's not, it's not a perfect being, this idea of a, supreme being includes too many assumptions that i'm not willing to align with and plus it just adds all this like kind of very human emotions within this concept of god and so it's like this very human like being and that's not necessarily true so i'm not willing to place my bets on that idea because truly that that's what we're all doing right many many of us we we accept we know a tiny tiny amount about the universe we accept that truth Many of us at least. I hope if you're listening to this show, you've accepted that because if you haven't accepted that, then you probably just think I'm a crazy person. But So we all kind of have to place our bets on our truth because we don't know a lot about the, what's going on in the universe. We know a lot. Science is making progress. Philosophy is helpful in trying to understand it. But at the end of the day, you have to place your bets on truth. What do, What are you willing to place your bets on that might be true for you? So... If I'm going to place a bet on some sort of concept around God, I'll place it on the this idea of, let's say, a conscious universe, one that is alive, one that is maybe the source of our conscious experience, and and if you've been tuning into other episodes, I've started leaning towards or been enthused with the ideas of panpsychism, for example, that would support this idea of a more conscious universe. So in a way, you might think that's a very kind of scientific God, in a sense, or I misunderstand what God is. Maybe you're thinking that, but if the universe is alive, what concept would you like to call that? Right. (laughs) Would you, I mean, I would almost like to replace the God concept with that idea because I'm open though. Although I do like calling it God Because I often, maybe partially this is a biased position, but it makes a fun discussion because then I can say, yeah, in a way, I do believe in God. I don't believe in your concept of God, but I have a different concept of God that I still think fits with a sort of almost definition of God that seems to be consistent of what God is trying to get at for people. I hope that makes sense. I feel like that might be a little confusing. So we kind of have, and this is where we'll bring this in, we kind of have this kind of, um, Jungian view of God that I find truly interesting because it's this idea that God isn't physically real, but is psychically real. you know y- you see the mind is is a truly powerful source of energy. It's what we see the world through and it can trick us, it makes assumptions and it molds our worldview. so I so I do believe, say a Christian, might have had a very cyclically real experience with their God. Their mind could have manifested that. And I fucking hate using that word manifested, but because it's it's overused by this new age spirituality movement, but, but it's kind of true. It, it manifests in their mind where they feel like it's true, where they feel it in there, right? So I mean, consider this. How many times have you interacted with a Christian I use Christian because it's the example that I have the most real world experience with but you know so I think how what my audience would have the most experience with but how many times have they told you after having a discussion maybe about the existence of God they fall back on this belief they say well I had an experience with the Holy Spirit or maybe they say they had an experience with Jesus or they say God but it's very common like when you when they get their kind of their back against the wall in a sense and I'm not saying that like in a bad way. They just go back to that faith argument and they say, I had an experience with that God. And then they say, oh, you know, you will know once you experience that. That's the only reason you're not believing everything I'm saying. It's just because you haven't experienced what I'm experiencing. And In a way, that's true. Maybe if you've experienced everything that person has experienced, you're going to be having the same beliefs as that person. It's an interesting conversation for another day. But I mean, maybe I will have an experience uh, with Jesus. I doubt it. You know, I'm a dummy that tries to place my bets on what I believe well, but I'm willing to bet I'm not going to have a come to Jesus moment anytime soon. But my point is, those experiences, I'm not doubting that they feel like they felt Jesus. But we have to make, we have to explain that by still applying what we can the the information we can bring from the real world and I don't know if I like saying the real world but I hope you get what I mean there my point for bringing this stuff up is I'm also not willing to bet that those people who say that they're just you know who say that they have this experience with the Holy Spirit for example I'm not willing to bet that they're just making shit up they're all not just making this shit up and I'm also not just gonna say they're completely delusional. I think they probably wrongly interpret the experience as some insight into something, you know, physically real in the universe or their God being physically real in the universe. That might be a better way to phrase it. But I'm not willing to say that, say what they experienced isn't psychologically real. Something happened in their subjective human experience that is very, very real for them. And I'll say, as I've explored my mind, I've had similar experience of connection with a group of people, for example, manifesting some weird shit that we all see, yada, yada, that stuff. But once I leave, let's say, the meditative state, head back into my rational ego ape brain, you are left trying to make sense of that. And you have to take what we know about the physical world and apply it to that. What do we know about the universe? What can I trust about my experience? What do I know about various psychological biases? And what does it all mean, right? And what I keep coming back to, those those very real personal experiences are often very real for the individual, but I don't know if I'm willing to bet it's something real for everyone in the universe. And that's kind of the overall point. So this stuff is another reason why I'm fascinated uh, by this idea that, Consciousness plays a fundamental role in the universe because I'd like to understand why people have these quote-unquote God experiences or, you know, that or or experiences of the divine, whether that's real, completely batshit BS or real in some other sense, or, or maybe at least for them. Why not wonder, you know, why does that stuff consistently happen? And although we have, you know, some explanations and very scientific explanations uh but people are still convinced by it and it's still interesting to explore and the reason i'm I'm curious is i think it's really (laughs) it's really boring it would be arrogant on my part to simply say oh you know those people they're just delusional no point in exploring that it's just some delusional mind experiences but they find it very real and to me we need to explore because when people share a similar experience, what does that do? What does that do to the mind? What does that do for group cohesion? How do people act afterwards? How does it change their life? How does it change their brain chemistry? All this various stuff that the subjective experience influencing the physical experience or the not the physical experience, the physical, let's say mind. We don't really know about a lot of that stuff. And I think it'd be silly for me and contradictory of me to close myself off to exploring those kind of maybe it's sometimes borderline woo woo, uh, uh, stories and, and knowledge. So like I said, if you close yourself off to that, you're going to miss out on so much potential knowledge out there, but that's my, my bet I'm making <laughs> and I'm a dummy. So maybe you should not take my advice, um, on, on the bets that I'm making you have to make your own bets. But the point of this show is, to explore the bets that you want to make, right? So what I mean is, I want to explore ideas around the mind, but I'm also not going to be placing my bets on the people who say, let's uh, try to think of an example, like the law of attraction, where you just think about a Ferrari and the Ferrari will arrive. No, that's that's not what I mean. That's That's not the case. You need a mindset and then you need an action. But how does that mindset influence action? That's something interesting to explore. And even then you might fail. But getting the right mindset and then acting upon that, that probably gives you the best chance of achieving whatever it is you want, right? But let's, let's get back to the focus of who created God and how this all kind of interconnects. So maybe we should point out how religions have changed, adapted to each other, borrowed from one another, and so forth. We can trace this in history, in archaeological evidence. And many ancient tribes had concepts of God or, or maybe... Better put spirits, but they didn't see them as these all-powerful deities. It became a placement for the unknown. They thought of them as as out there, but it wasn't always a major part of their kind of waking life that it is for a lot of religious people today. And maybe I might be kind of getting a little bit abstract here, but but I want you to bear with me. So we know that indigenous tribes were much less individual individualistic I don't know why I struggled with that word individualistic than us they operated much more as this kind of collective cohesive maybe even hive-minded like community of humans the distinction is in for us now we usually in many places across the world that we think of ourselves as kind of this individual entity or being part of a more collective whole but the the individual aspect is way more prominent in our day to day. But amongst the indigenous tribes, the I is much less common. It, it's the self sufficient human concept is much less common. It it was just the whole, and you know they didn't think of an individual as part of the whole. They just thought of the whole. Now I'm not not making a judgment of, of if that is good or bad. I'm trying to wonder if this idea played or this mindset, in a sense, played a role in our current understanding of God and who created God or or what created the concept of God that we currently align with and how religions formed from this understanding. So we live in a society that we constantly discuss our independent selves, right? Even the growing mindfulness movement that is based in kind of very ancient concepts, even that mindfulness movement isn't so much about becoming connected with your fellow human. No, 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 no. It's it's how can I improve my independent self to be self-sufficient more, to be better. And like I said, I'm not criticizing that because I participate in some of that stuff too for my independent self. I'm just trying to become more aware of maybe some origins of this God concept. So we indigenous tribes. They thought more of themselves as interdependent selves. They had a better recognition of their connected and shared human experience and to bring this into my kind of point indigenous goddesses for example and myths utilized nature or symbols of nature they they say the spirits their spirituality with nature coexisting a more impersonal connection with the spirits because it was just connected to nature that they felt they were connected with it was impersonal because they were just part of that whole but then this kind of European ego brain swooping in and changing that. You know, now our myths become a personal connection, a personal experience, something that we personally have with, say, a deity. And this is stuff, you know, Joseph Campbell talks about and he does a wonderful job of discussing. So I'd recommend any of his books. But you see this individual representation of God, it stems from this stronger ego of humans that somehow developed in our history. We, we feel the need to maybe rebel uh, and, and take pride in our journey in a sense, fight against the will of nature, which leads us to disconnect from nature by consequence in a way. The idea of overcoming something instead of embracing what is in a way. Uh, And let me try to unpack that because I feel like that was really confusing. And maybe I'm I'm kind of free-flowing too much today. So where you think some of this is BS, but maybe, but what really hit me is we see this kind of shift into guilt, oppression, and pride. And we start seeing it in our religions. And this fits with the shift into more ego-focused, individualistic mindsets amongst humans. The feeling of, of pleasure, those once considered kind of a very natural state of being human becomes something to rebel against, overcome, feel guilty for as it's just like this, ooh, you know, you poor human, right? So in a way we stop taking pride in being human and we start denying we are biological humans, right? So although the ego helps us move forward and survive, it has a very important survival mechanism within it. It's also the very thing that disconnects us from understanding ourselves optimizing our inner peace and changing into what we want to become. So as we try to hold on to those kind of pieces of our ego, and we often hold on to dangerous pieces of our ego, honestly. Um, so now I feel the need to express the way of connecting this idea of the possibility, keyword possibility there, of uh, conscious universe and what this can mean for the God question. So, for example, we have uh, Gregory Matloff. I hope I pronounced his name right. He's a physics professor finding evidence for a sort of consciousness field that's an essential part of the universe. We also have Roger Penrose coming out, another physicist who believes consciousness arises from quantum entanglement. Anyway, I don't want to get into the physics because I'll be way over my head. So I'm going to appeal to authority using that little logical fallacy in this case in that regard. But I will say even the scientists I've listened to are very confused by quantum theory. Yet it's there. It, it exists. Consciousness is very confusing as well, but we know it's there. It exists. So it's like, how do we explore that to understand it better? And maybe those ideas of panpsychism being fundamental, you know, consciousness being fundamental is an essential part of understanding this and, and trying to understand the universe and trying to understand the cosmos. Now, But next thoughts are not me saying all this, you know, it's (laughs) kind of this woo-woo stuff is true. I'm not saying that all these kind of spiritual encounters are true, yada, yada. I mean, maybe they are, you know, what what the fuck do I know? But bear with me though. So what I viewed as happening with the rise of theism and monotheism, the more personal gods arising that fits with the ego-filled human, is us humans becoming Disconnected with our part of the universe, we lost connection to nature. You know, just live in a city for a while, take a backpacking trip, and your connection to nature, your recognition of you being kind of part of that, comes comes back fairly quickly. And I'll, and I'll try to say this in the the least woo woo way possible. But let's say consciousness is an essential part of the universe. Maybe our consciousness is pulling from the this kind of central consciousness of the cosmos. Let's say that is true for the sake of this episode and sake of this thought. Maybe when we stopped being fully aware of our place in nature, when we started kind of denying our place in nature, we disconnected ourselves from the connected consciousness of the cosmos. But why is that important? Why Why should we fathom that thought? Well, this disconnectedness led us to needing a coping mechanism. We create a stronger ego around ourselves after we become disconnected, telling ourselves, you know, we will rebel against our biology. But in a way, our our disconnect from the consciousness of the the cosmos, or if you are down for the more woo-woo, our disconnectedness from the impersonal spirit force of the cosmos, the world became cold. The universe became cold and, and dark. I mean just read about medieval times they had some good times I'm not going to say it was all bad but it was very it was a very cold time period in a sense for humans the ego filled human lost its place in the world you know who or or what what should we do and and what do we want to become and maybe this explains the development of personal gods a way to make humans feel less alone. Reconnect with something and create a being to fight for. A reason to keep fighting. And you then get get these kind of intrinsic... Or not intrinsic. Uh, intricate myths explaining why the gods put us here. We have many myths that an angry god put us here. For example, it's a punishment, right? Test us. Which fits with the whole, you know, kind of internal feeling of humans at the time that these religions developed, or at least what we know about their internal feelings. I can't claim to know what, they're, <laughs> what they were subjectively feeling, you know, or at least the rising feeling of that time that we can kind of pinpoint. But, I, but I, I hope I'm making sense of this, so give me some feedback if I just sound like a loon. But indigenous tribes had a different understanding of death as well. Death didn't lead to paradise for a lot of indigenous tribes. Death was also not really an end. You were just becoming part of nature in a different light. But the ego-filled organized see is that, well, we we needed to create a consolation prize for all the suffering we experience in life. You know, the the deck we were given was not good enough, so we need a consolation prize for going through this shit. That's what they basically said. like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer. I'm saying that would make sense given that time period. And I'm also not saying that's what I personally feel but anyway the idea is they wanted that prize you know poof paradise was formed because they needed the prize humans didn't want to believe going through a shit storm was for nothing but don't get me wrong if you think I'm trying to kind of spread some new new age spiritual bullshit you need to to get back to connecting with nature well maybe but there's (laughs) but there's plenty of bs in the new age stuff too I mean, even most of it, honestly. New Age mysticism, for example, tries to sell you on this idea that you have some special psychophysical powers and intellectual powers if you just, all you have to do is reconnect and then you'll be tapped into this sweet spirit force and you'll be just like a fucking woke-ass human, right? But it gets back to that prize I brought up with the, the theism's idea around death. This A lot of this New Age stuff is this idea that they need a prize too. New age people feel as though they need a prize for, you know, they need a prize in the, in the form of special abilities because it's like, look at me, I I got rid of my ego, blah, blah, blah. Now, where's my constellation prize? They're putting this work in, right? But one thing I found, when we allow our ego to die, we have to be mindful because we often forget a new, more blind ego can be born. So, what is my point for this episode? Well, who created God? Well, the current concept was probably from a psychological need, a coping mechanism. Now, this also means our current understanding of God that is put forward by Christians that they conceive of is is was was necessary. Maybe we don't need a personal God anymore—one that was that uh, has us justifying all sorts of BS, questionable views, and logical loops to maintain our worldview. My point is, I see current organized theism as disconnecting from the natural world. We are part of the natural world, a natural cosmos that is full of spiritual connection waiting to be had. But will we allow our ego to fall down, our walls to be broken, our foundation to be shattered and then repeat that cycle? Or will we continue latching on to the next thing that claims to hold all the answers? Your ego is what separates you from connection. The same with my ego, right? I'm not saying it's just, just you. I don't want to say you. Our ego tells us Not to be vulnerable. Our ego is the holder of pride. Our ego is what leads us to the feeling of separation. And then we justify that. And then we spread guilt. And we want to spread the guilt to others. Because the I within us is the thing that experiences that separation. That forms those very plausibly dangerous beliefs. But what if that I is an illusion? What if you fathom that? What is experiencing that separation? It's the ego-filled I. So who created the current concepts of God? We did. But maybe we should reframe a new concept of God, one that focuses on being more personal, curious, not personal, (laughs) just contradicting myself, focuses on being more impersonal, curious, and filled with wonder stemming from that. One that understands that we don't know the truth, one that tells us to drop our ego, embrace our existence in this grand cosmos, recognizing our connection to it, and maybe then we can begin decreasing human suffering and hope to understand all that we can in this kind of fascinating uh, existence. But that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed and I would love some feedback. Check out the discord and as always, hope you have a wonderful day. Peace.